My name's Tommy, and you're listening to More Than A Game, an Australian podcast about the Premier League, the A-League, and more. Just in case you've forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we've had a break, football's had a break, and now everything is back all at once. Uh, We're back today with the first pod of the new season. Uh, Today's pod is going to be our EPL preview mega pod. Uh, last year, this was actually one of our best pods, I think, of the uh, of our debut season. We peaked early. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, just quietly, I think this preview pod is going to be one of the all-time greats, or at least one of the MTAG all-time greats. Wow, yeah. um, so, look, uh, for today's pod, uh, I'm joined by Colby, Jesse, and Damo. Now, lads, on a scale of one to Neymar a few days before his sister's birthday, how excited are you for the new season to start? I don't think anyone's that excited. <laughs> well, I haven't taken it off yet, so it's not quite his sister's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, yeah. welcome as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I'm pretty pretty thrown by that Neymar reference, to be honest. Um, yeah, just uh, get amongst that, I guess. <laughs> good, good reference to start start things off, Tommy. Alrighty, boys. Uh, look, we'll, we'll start off with, I guess, a, I guess, a few more sort of general questions about the upcoming season. Um, Boys, last season was was exciting for the the top two uh, top two teams, City and Liverpool, um, and then pretty much it was a bit of a pretty big gap to the to third place Spurs. Do you think we're going to see a repeat of a, a two horse race again this season? Or do you think the likes of Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal could be could make it a much more interesting title race this year, or much more open title race, I should say? I think the only team that have got any chance of closing the gap is Spurs, but. You know, is the question still remains about them? Have they got, you know, that kind of championship caliber? The, the ticker, the yeah. ticker, championship quality or premiership quality? Well, or? like you know, league winning caliber. <laughs> you know what I meant? Winning, winning the trophy. Colby, what do you think? Yeah, look, I don't. I, I sort of agree with Damo. I don't think that um, any of the other teams, so your Spurs, United, uh, Chelsea, and Arsenal, have have strengthened enough. To um to make up the gap on on Liverpool and City, and even though Liverpool haven't really done much in the um in the transfer window so far, nope. um I don't think anyone has has caught up the the, the sort of bid lead that they've got so far. City are just in the stratosphere, aren't they? And they're on uh, another planet. And, yeah, and, and Liverpool. I mean, last year they they performed exceptionally well, but it's going to be incredibly difficult for them even to repeat their their. I wouldn't call it quite heroics, but it was quite heroic just the the, uh, the manner in which they stayed in touch with City throughout the season, I thought. I, I agree with that point. I think that people getting ahead of themselves saying that, you know, obviously it's just going to be just a two-horse race. It's just, it only takes Arsenal and Manchester United to have a uh, bit of a surge in form and take a few points off Liverpool, for example, and they might get pulled back into the pack. So I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm cautious to uh, get too ahead of myself. So you don't see a Barca-Real Madrid situation developing in the Premier League? Jesse, you think the other teams have, have not got too much before they're going to sort of catch up to City and Liverpool? It just like You look at the games where Liverpool got away with um, beating Arsenal and those sort of teams, it only takes Arsenal to take a point away from that game or win the game and Liverpool lose 
valuable points. And the same as City. I mean, City could drop points in games that they haven't done previously years, previous years. So, well, there's so much money in the Premier League now that we've really seen a lot of the mid-table teams strengthen. I think it's going to be even harder again for City, who are coming off of two two EPL titles uh, on the trot, to to then um, for them to repeat it a third time when all of the teams in the league are improving a hell of a lot, uh, and everyone is going to be gunning for them once again as well. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be a pretty exciting season, um, boys. When it comes to the the transfer window, obviously there's still uh, I think six days left of the the transfer window. Recording this on a Sunday afternoon uh, Australian time, uh, so there, there's still likely to be plenty of deals to come. Obviously, Harry Maguire I think is almost over the line now; hasn't been announced. Uh, he's probably the the big one at the moment, but. But boys, what have you thought about the the transfer business that's been done so far? Obviously, a huge amount of money that's that's flying around. Um, Damo, what are you, what are your thoughts so far? I think there's a couple of uh, really good signings for me. Uh, Ndombele that went to Spurs. Ndombele. Ndombele. They got rid of Dembele and they got in Ndombele. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very re- All the big money this year seems like it's been thrown at defenders, defensive midfielders. There hasn't been that many. You know, apart outside of Pepe, who I think the jury is still out on, Nicolas Pepe to Arsenal, hasn't been really big money thrown at any strikers or, you know, front third talent. It's all been people trying to shore up the back. Yeah, I, I think I think West Ham for Allaire for, what is it, 45 million? I think that might be the most expensive striker, which is look at the other money that's floating around and it's not really the same, is it? Or other, than, other than Pepe. Are we seeing the decline of the big man? Allaire's a big man, isn't he? yeah. He's, he's going to score at least twenty goals this season. What about what about just, Joe? Would, what about Joe Linton? Put some respect on his name. <laughs> who? <Ooh. laughs> Sorry, who? Um, super triggered right now. <laughs> would you say the big man to small man ratio is a little bit out of sync uh, compared to previous years? I mean, no Salomon Rondon in the league is uh, is a big loss. Let me just put it that way. Huge loss. Huge loss. Um, all right, boys. Uh, shall we kick off into into some of the some of our team by team previews? Um, we're going to be running through each uh, each team, and uh, I guess looking at what uh, fans should be excited about, like one particular player to, to keep an eye on, and and where individually we think we're going to, uh, well, that that particular team is going to to sit come the end of the season. Uh, we've got a few other things that we might uh, that might pop up throughout uh, the pod for particular teams, but um, that's generally the I guess the theme that we're rolling with today. So, um, not only uh, is there us four today, also we've got George and Andy, uh, our UK correspondents. Uh, we've also got them to to preview some of the teams, given that they're over there and they can they they really are picking up like ears the, to the ground. Yeah, exactly. They they know exactly what's going on. Probably done a few visits out to the stadiums just to see who's who's possibly coming and going, doing a medical or something like that. They certainly get a tune out of London. That's for sure. <laughs> I look forward to the uh, transfer deadline day live cross where we've got George standing out at the car park of West Ham <laughs> wait, waiting for someone to drive in and see who they're signing. <laughs> Please, that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, so speaking of George and Andy, look, they're going to be, uh, they're up first with uh, Arsenal. All right, George, Arsenal, talk me through it. Talk me through this season. Where do I begin? Um, I'll start, start uh, last year, fifth, fifth finish. Fifth place in the in the Premier League, Europa League runners up. What what's different? What's different? You ask Andy. Uh, signings. They've actually made some signings. So uh, Nicolas uh, Pep, Pepe from uh, Lille in France, seventy-two million uh, pounds. Twenty-four year old, fast, 
uh, winger forward, plays on the right, cuts in, goals galore last year, 22 uh, plus uh, 11 assists. So uh, he, he's sort of uh, the, the, the Zaha, uh, the, uh, Zaha we'll alternative. Zaha, the cheaper Zaha option. Well, yeah, and younger, so we'll see how he goes. They've also signed William Saliba, an 18-year-old centre-back from Ligon. Uh, Danny Sevalos, a, a promising attacking midfielder from Real Madrid, looking to sort of make his mark on the, on the game and wasn't getting much game time at, at Real. So Danny Onions, I believe we call him in England. Should, should be a, a, a big raps on him. So ball, ball progressing, passer, midfielder, something different to, to what they've got. Other potential signings, uh, Kieran Tierney from uh, Celtic, a left back. Uh, not done yet, but a lot of rumours uh, here. And uh, also one to watch, uh, Sammy Kadira potentially. Yeah, as, as we said, another another ageing, slow German has been. That's just like what uh, Arsenal need. So um, some some outs for them. The, the big one, I think, is Aaron Ramsey. So uh, they'll be missing his drive and goals from midfield. Uh, also Danny Welbeck, Petr Cech, other notable uh, Exits. Um, key stat for you, Andy. Uh, last season, Arsenal had uh, 45 points at home, 25 away. So they all need to uh, really work on their away form. Um, other issues, uh, Lauren Koscielny, the, the club captain, uh, demanding uh, to, to be sold and, and uh, not going on tour with them. So a bit of destabilisation. Just standard standard Arsenal for you. Sheridan Mustafi as well. Uh, looks like he's on the outer. Will he go? Will he stay? Um, we're hoping he'd be going, but... Obviously, uh, Mesut Ozil and Kolasinac uh, being carjacked uh, just around the corner from us in North London. Um, might, might have a bit of an effect on uh, on the boys there and their, their mental state going forward. Um, other, other things, uh, obviously... Uh, Arsenal fans should be excited about. Obviously, uh, Pepe and uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette, those two nearly got 50 goals between them last season. Obviously, the, the, the big issue for Arsenal is uh, in defence, so who knows how they're going to line up. Um, so what would you call a successful season for them, George? I, I, it's pretty obvious. I think I think they, they need to make top four, and uh, if they don't, they need to win the Europa League. I think... Uh, all that being said, all things being said, uh, uh, I would say uh, they're going to finish sixth. That, that's that's my tip. The defence is just too shaky. But I am excited to see Danny uh, Sevalos uh, coming in and to the Premier League and um, making his mark uh, there. Sixth, I, I agree. That's where I see them finishing too. Certainly no doubt. All right, thanks, George and Andy. Uh, next up is Aston Villa, and I'm covering that. So um, Aston Villa, obviously, big club, big club uh, coming up from the championship uh, last season. They finished fifth in the championship, uh, scored the third most goals, uh, but also conceded the 13th uh, most goals last season as well. So... Um, in, it's going to be interesting for them to see if they can uh, sort of tighten up at the back, especially considering um, they've pretty much turned over a whole brand new team this season. Um, they've also lost Tammy Abraham's 26 league goals as well. So hopefully one of the 12 new arrivals or £140 million worth of uh, new players, hopefully one of them can chip in with some uh, some goals this season. Um Who's who's a big in for you, Tommy? In those uh, in those ins, it's just a laundry list of uh, of names coming in. Yeah, look, and and all of pretty much all of those players need to hit the ground running quickly. I actually think the 
most key signing for them uh, isn't an outfield player. I actually think it's Tom Heaton, who I think is a fantastic get for them. Big out for um, Burnley. Yeah, uh, I think less of a less of a loss for them, but a massive, massive gain for them. And I mean, like you talk about a team that has a an average defence or a below average defence. Um, I saw that at West Ham last season, how, bi- how big a, a quality goalkeeper, how big of a difference they can make. So, um, yeah, that uh, Villa fans would be hoping that uh, Tom Heaton can make a, a similar difference. Uh, I think everyone's going to be watching Jack Grealish though, but, yeah, I think Heaton is the, the real one that's going to define how successful their season is. Um, in terms of something for them to be excited about, I think they're just going to be happy to be back into the Premier League. But obviously, I think their fans will be nervous that uh, the new signings won't gel quick enough and that they'll return to the championship uh, in, in a season's time. Um, it's something that I'm actually predicting, though. Uh, I think that they could go down because there's just such a huge turnover of players. So I'm predicting they'll finish 19th. You're saying they're a Fulham 2.0? Jeez, you heard it yeah, here first. And, and Tommy's, look, Tommy's doesn't like it. I think they've done better business, but... Uh, we saw how hard it was for Fulham last year to actually integrate new players quickly, um, and I think they, I think Villa have bought better, but there's still the problem of just integrating twelve new players into a squad. They've like, got rid of a lot of quality there in uh, Milly Edenak and Richie Delight. So, uh, <laughs> sh- and surely, Tammy Abraham's goals as well. Like it's not to be underestimated. And surely, if they can show you know the level of consistency that Jack Grealish has given his barber over the last four years, <laughs> you know we're in for a good season. Wowee. Um, so, all right, moving on, though. Uh, next up is Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Uh, Colby. Yes. Uh, Eddie Howe still at the helm um, after a 14th place finish last year after a bit of a what I can only describe as a roller coaster of a season. Like, the Bournemouth were winning some games by, you know, three, four, five, six goals uh, and uh, and other times just copping the, the same at the other end. So, um Great, a great club to watch for the neutral, and um, I'm, I'm certainly predicting that it's going to stay that way. Um, they do, they they have brought in some signings. Um, they've brought in um, most notably uh, a uh, a right-footed left winger um, called Arna Dunjuma, mm, nice. um, 22 year old from Club Brugge. Uh, what? <laughs> Club Brugge. Uh, <laughs> he is a um, look. I've, I've, I've caught up. I've caught up. I can't see. I've seen him play before, but I caught up with his uh, highlight reel uh, in doing some research for this. And uh, yeah, he's not afraid to shoot. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so uh, loves a long range shot, does he? That's right. So I think fans will be excited about that. Um, they'll be excited that uh, they've managed to retain Callum Wilson along with uh, King and Solanke as backups, and supported by Fraser and. Um, they'll also be supported by the new signing, uh, Danjuma, who's also a Dutch international, by the way. Um, but what I think they'll, they might be nervous about is is the defensive depth. So Bournemouth have been trying to build up their squad for a number of seasons now, and they're still going. And they've, they've added in some um, some young fullbacks uh, from the Championship and League One. Um, so they've added some depth, depth back there. But Ake is really their best defender, and then you've got Begovic behind them. So I, I think you will see Bournemouth shipping a few goals this season as well. I think it's not even certain if um, Begovic will start as the number one goalkeeper even. You might see, I think it's Mark Travers, the Irish international, I think. Yeah, he, he, he sort of put in one or two well. really yeah. great performances towards the end of last year. So, yeah, I think you might be right, Tommy. You might also see him. But anyway, they've got issues at the back. Um, what would be a successful season for them is just 
trying to shore up their spot in in the middle of ta- the middle of the Premier League and, and pushing up for a, a solid mid table position. They've they've kept key players. They've kept Callum Wilson and they've kept Eddie Howe as, as well, which I think is um, huge quite them, underrated. Yeah, um, I, I'm actually picking them to to move up to eleventh. I, I think a couple of other teams, not really through uh, their own good deeds, because I think they are going to be shipping goals. But I think there'll be a few other teams who are going to shit the bed and and Bournemouth are going to take <laughs> advantage. Interesting times. Uh, I think Bournemouth have shown a lot of uh, lot of potential over the last couple of years, but they really need to turn that into, uh, I guess, a complete season, don't they? Yeah. Quick word on their kit. It's about a seven out of ten for me. There's a beautiful. What? One I thought you hated Umbro, Umbro kits. kits that I'm really loving. It's one of the only wow. ones with a sleeve cut off. Really, really does it for me. So uh, <laughs> you know, check that out if you if uh, you're you're into a bit of kit chat. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, it's it's one of the only ones that Umbro is doing right. Alrighty, uh, thanks for that uh, wrap up of Bournemouth's chances. Uh, next up is Brighton, and Colby's got that one as well. I'm on again. Uh, yeah, so the the Seagulls, <laughs> um, new manager Graham Potter uh, at the helm. Um, they've they've had a, a pretty what I could say is a, a pretty strong um, a pretty strong preseason. Um, got in a few uh, signings as well. Probably not as much as they would like. They do have a bit of a thin squad. Um, Probably their, their their signing most worth mentioning is uh, Leandro Trossard, um, who's uh, a winger from Genk, um, twenty four. Uh, so I think that that you know he will be um, you know adding a little bit to them up the front because you know at the moment they've they've sort of got uh, Lacadia and Andone uh, supporting Glenn Murray where where most of their goals are going to come from. So they they need to they need to really start looking at that. Um, but yeah, they, they should just be excited about another season in the Premier League. They narrowly avoided relegation last season, um, where they finished seventeenth. Bit of a bit of a tasty preview to my previews. Um, I reckon they're cooked. Yeah. I reckon I reckon Brighton are going down. Yeah, look. Well, so last season they were all about, or well, the last two seasons they've all been about defensive solidity. That goes out the window with Graham Potter. He that's, is a progressive possession-based coach. Exactly. Right? That's that's right. This could be an absolute train wreck, couldn't it? Especially if they give that up. Up at home, um, it's yeah. been really tough to beat the last two seasons at home. Yep, that's right. Uh, so I think a successful season for Brighton will be staying up. Um, yeah, they finished two points above relegation last season, and they haven't reinforced massively. And I think oh, I agree, with Tommy and Jesse. I think that the change in style is it's a gamble, um, and it's 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 giving the fans uh, you know some more attractive football to watch. But I think it's going to be costly. I, I'm, I'm picking them to finish nineteenth. Worked really well for West Brom. Oof. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Brighton Hove and Albion's chances. Uh, next up is Burnley, which is me. Uh, yeah, the other two guys here, you are actually going to have some pretty. you guys review so. any teams? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Just a long way down the list. So, Burnley... Like West Ham. <laughs> Ooh, easy. Wow, wait. Burn- Burnley's season last year, I guess, was a bit of a, a season of two halves. They were uh, uh, had a really tough uh, beginning of the season after... Uh, the, a Europa League uh, sort of campaign that was over really before it started. Um, But it also meant that their preseason started much, much earlier than a lot of other teams. Um, And as it turned out, they did come home with a wet sail though in the second half of the season. (laughs) Yes, I got it in. Um, They did come home with a wet sail in the second half of the year. And if they had have got as many points in the first half of the season as they got in the second half, they actually would have finished eighth, one point behind Wolves. They end up finishing 15th. Um, 
and there was a long uh, portion of the season where it looked like they could have actually been relegated. But look, um, Sean Dyche managed to, to steady the ship uh, in the in the second half of the season, and yeah, they they ended up being safe from relegation in the end. Uh, they've lost a, a uh, obviously Tom Heaton. We mentioned that before. He's gone to to Villa. Uh, Aidan O'Neill. Yep, he's gone to the A League. Uh, Peter Crouch as well has also retired, barely played last season, so not, not a huge loss. But they have managed to gain uh, Jay Rodriguez and Eric Peters, uh, two players from uh, West Brom and Stoke, respectively, uh, who probably aren't huge, huge boosts for the squad. But look, yeah, I didn't even know Jay Rodriguez was still playing football. <laughs> yeah. You probably wouldn't be too inspired by those signings if you're a Burnley fan, let's be no, honest. No, but oh, look, I think um, the a bit like. Bournemouth, Burnley's biggest uh, signing this season is the fact that Sean Dyche is still at the club. Remember, he was rumoured to be going to Everton like uh, a couple of, what, about almost 18 months ago now. So um, I think, uh, yeah, the fans will just be most excited that Sean Dyche is is still at the club. And I think he's he's the club's key asset, really. Um, They'd be nervous, though, that uh, they're not going to score enough goals. Obviously, a huge burden falls on Ashley Barnes. And I think they'll also be a little bit nervous about Nick Pope's shoulder as well. Obviously, with Tom Heaton out now, um, they they need Nick Pope to stay fit. Um, Although they have signed Bailey Farrell-Peacock from from Leeds. Who? (laughs) Have I I written that around the wrong way? I think it's Peacock-Farrell, isn't it? I don't know. You have to fact check that, Tommy. Um, look, I am predicting that they will finish uh, pretty safely mid-table this season, though, with no Europa League um, uh, distractions. I think, uh, look, 38, uh, 38 draws, nil all draws, and the odd win uh, is going to leave them safe in 11th spot. I can see plenty of raised eyebrows here. Uh, from from you gents, uh, a, lot, a lot's a lot's dependent on that uh, Nick Pope's shoulder. Let me just tell you that, and Ashley Barnes's goals. But anyway, uh, so moving on. Uh, next up is uh, Chelsea, uh, which is going to be George and Andy again. George, what is your position on Chelsea? So uh, Andy, it's been another Chelsea exi- corner. Here another, we go again. Another exciting summer at the, at the Bridge in West London. Is so, that exciting? Well, you know, it's pretty pretty standard. A, a, a manager change, a transfer ban. We lost our talisman. Um, so yeah, it's been yeah, basically business as usual. Yeah. But that being said, uh, there's a, there's a there's a real calmness at the club now. You've got uh, Frank Lampard returning. You've got uh, Petr Cech returning. Jody Morris, Claude Makélélé. Where's Les Drog? Oh, I think he'll be coming. <laughs> Ashley Cole's there as well. Um, I think it's a. Uh, it, it looks like there's a there's been a real cultural shift with uh, with this transfer ban and, and loss of Eden Hazard. So uh, I'm 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 very excited, uh, very excited for the the potential. Um, uh, what else? What what's news? Who have we signed? Well, we've got yeah, a transfer ban, so uh, nobody. But um, the uh, late last year or in January last year or Feb, um, we managed to sign Christian Pulisic, and he, he's looking quite good in pre-season. So 20, 20 year old. Uh, Attacking midfielder. Uh, is, 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 that, is there genuinely some optimism about him? I sort of seems to be one of those people that we've been waiting for him to live. To he's only twenty years old. He's been at Borussia Dortmund I know, for a uh, while, for so. three or four years. But is he another Freddie Adu, or is he is he going to actually? I don't, I don't think turn he up say their names in the same sentence. To be honest, so he, he's. I think he's he's looked very mature, and he you know. He scored some goals in pre-season. He's I was going to say, he wasn't getting in the Dortmund team. I'm just, just 
because man. potentially because of the the move to Chelsea, there, there might have been a bit of internal stuff <laughs> sorry, there. Sorry. So Continue. also, um, As you were. Uh, new signings. Apart from Pulisic, no new signings, but we've got some guys <laughs> returning, returning from loan, and it's yeah, all about the loan army. It's all about the loan army coming back, coming back home. So some notable, uh, notable uh, returnees: Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, Kurt Zuma, uh, Michi Bashuai, Reese James, uh, to to name a few. And and, and uh, Frank Lampard said, you know, they're they're all they're all in the squad for this season, and and you know Chelsea will be battling. Uh, on a, on a couple of fronts with the uh, you know Premier League and, and Champions League as well after after their, their finish last season and winning the Europa League so um, obviously the, the big outs I think obviously Eden Hazard got to replace his goals that's going to be a a, a, a massive loss uh, for Chelsea and um, also on their way out likely I would say Danny Drinkwater if someone someone wants to, to pay for him I think he'll he'll be on his way out. Uh, Bakayoko was out on loan uh, with Milan last year. I, I don't see him getting into the, the midfield. And uh, one, I, one I forgot as well, uh, the permanent signing of uh, Kovacic uh, from Real Madrid. So, so okay, a, a few a few ins, few outs, more outs than ins. Uh, who's the one to watch? Oh, there's more than one, Andy. Go on, man. I'm glad you mentioned it. Obviously, Mason Mount has just uh, had, a, had a, a, a cracking season in the championship at, at Derby. A, a real, a real number ten. You know, creative, scores goals, good link man. Um, I'd say watch out for him in the in the Premier League. I'd also say Jorginho, um, post post Shaksari, unshackled. So watch out for him this season as well. Unshackled by the system built around him. Now that that's an interesting take, but certainly he'll have he'll have um, Kante back alongside him. Uh, I think. Protection, I, think maybe. I think. I think that's that, that's going to be the key. Uh, in terms of what I'm what I'm worried about, uh, goals. So our our, our front uh, our strikers at the club strikers at the moment, Olivier Giroud, uh, not known for his uh, goal scoring. Um, you've got. Uh, Tammy Abraham, so he hasn't hasn't really done it in the Premier League, but scored some goals at Villa, yep. and uh, Michi Batshuayi, so a bit inconsistent. No so. one really trusts. But um, so uh, predicted finish, um, I have no idea to be honest. Like I, I mean, uh, th- this this season will be judged on uh, you know uh, the quality of the performances. Let, let's not let's not put a, put a you know a specific. Finish or number to, to where they where they end up, but I, I'm saying fourth. So I'm saying fourth, and, and uh, bizarrely, I actually agree with you. I think you're going to finish fourth as well. But uh, I think it might be a bit of a slow start with, with the team sort of gelling in that mid mid Christmas period and, and coming home with a wet sail. But it's a bit of a free hit for the, for our Frank, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think the transfer ban and and obviously he's only managed for one one season. Um, you know, I think he'll be given a a, a lot of rope, and um, you know, I think uh, I think this year it'll be all about the youth, all about the exciting play. But I, I would say we've still got a pretty solid squad. So sounds good. Sounds very romantic. Uh, let's see. Wowie, there you have it. A very, very bold prediction of fourth place there for Chelsea. Boys, uh, here in Australia, do we agree with fourth place for Chelsea? Just uh, around the around the group now. I actually um, do. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll. I think they'll finish in fourth. Oh, jeez. All right. So you're on the piss as well. I yep. think it'll come Jesse? together. Uh, six for me. Damo? Yeah, I agree with Jesse. I don't see them anywhere near the top four. Yeah. All right. So you guys have got your heads on today. Yep. Good. <laughs> Super Frank's gonna. <laughs> 
Going to sort them oh, out, get them wow. into the, the Champions League. Well, look, after that prediction, I would love to just cut you off, Colby, but um, uh, unfortunately, you're up next with a, a Crystal Palace preview. Crystal Palace, <laughs> um, where do I start? Um, another team. I'd start by looking into your crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Palace probably starts and finishes with Zaha, doesn't it? Is well, that all they've got? What they what they do is is they typically start very slowly. Uh, the the way that they um, have started the past couple of Premier League seasons has been nothing short of um, yeah terrible. Um, and I think they'll be nervous about that this season. Um, haven't got a lot um, of transfers in the. The more more or less than Chelsea. Uh, well, I mean, if Chelsea have signed no one, then I guess they've signed more. But uh, <laughs> and they haven't had any loanees returning to them. But they've got in. They've got in Jordan Ayew, who I know um, played a bit with them last season uh, for an undisclosed fee. Go on, Tom. Did, did you know that Jordan Ayew has been relegated from the last four clubs? Well, that is not a good omen. Yeah, maybe that's a bad omen. I mean, it's pretty uninspiring. But what, what is he going to be? A bit of depth off the bench, I suppose. But um, you know, you going so. out, they've they've had they've lost uh, breakout star uh, fullback Aaron Wan Bissaka to Man United. Um, so that's a that's a big blow for them. And as well as um, I know they only had Michi Batshuayi on loan, um, but he uh, they would have loved to uh, sign him permanently if they could. Um, so this is this is uh, Palace's seventh season in the top flight. That's the best spell in their club's history. Um, so I think they should be excited about that. Um, and they'll also be excited that Zaha's still a Palace player uh, because he's by far and away their most valuable asset and they desperately need his goals to, to stay out of trouble because they just don't really have an in- inspiring squad other than that. Uh, my question for you, Colby, is how long does Roy Hodgson keep his job? Ooh. Well, it uh, depends uh, whether they start slowly and, and you know, how... Uh, if it goes as expected, nice and slow, he could be going pretty quickly. Whether they're having another uh, relegation battle uh, nice and early. Um, and, and, and quite a worrying pre-season as well, actually. They, they've, uh, they've, had some, they've had some quite uh, terrible results. And they've played a real mixed bag in pre-season as well, playing against, like... They, they got absolutely dicked by Barnett. Um, six two. League one or league two? Or? Oh, I don't know, but they're getting, somewhere around. They're not in the championship. Area. Let's put it that way. Um, and so the, I think fans will be nervous about that lack of any meaningful transfers in, and and just clubs circling around for Zaha again, which is just and and, and also their mid table rivals like Leicester and Everton and and the like have all strengthened quite significantly. Um, one to watch for me for this season is is actually Christian Benteke. Is this the season he gets his mojo back? Because <laughs> it's going to need to be. Because um, they, they don't it's have actually much a lot else. of responsibility that falls on his shoulders. He's, now, not, he's, he's, on, he's in all the promos. Like I don't know when he's going to start doing something on the field. But um, <laughs> was he, to be fair, he was injured for a, a long part of last season. But a successful season for them, I think, is going to be a, a low, um, a low to mid-table finish um, without being sucked into a relegation scrap. I'm picking that they're going to finish 16th because I think there are going to be worse teams than them. So, um, good luck, Palace. They're taking the Chris Hutton approach to just making sure that they get enough nil-nil draws to get them across the line and to safety. Yep. Uh, and they've also... The one thing that they do have going for them, which I'll, I'll finish on, is is their mascot, Pete the Eagle. Um, his name's Pete, and he's a fucking eagle. Um, just have a look at him. <laughs> is he an actual eagle? He's an eagle. Like well, no, they have, a, they have a, a real. Suit. No, they have a real eagle as well. Is I he don't called know what Pete the, or no? I, I think it's probably they've probably got another person's name for that eagle. Um, but he's wearing Jerry the kit, but it's baggy, and he's got a pair of wayfarers on that are like life's you know quite large, and and he gets about. So get around, Pete. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I still want to know what the name of the actual eagle's name is. 
Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, look, I, I think Palace have been circling the drain now for a little while, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how that one pans out. Um, next up, though, is Everton, who uh, have been splashing the cash once again. Um, Damo, walk us through it, mate. I'm finally here with a uh, preview. <laughs> Welcome, Damo. <laughs> Welcome. I uh, Damo's just walked in in the last five minutes. Oh, by the way, boys, I could have. Before you get started, Damo, their real eagle's name is Kayla. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that well, makes a lot cute. of sense. Uh, no, look, Everton, I think this year they'll be again in the hunt for the Everton Cup as as normal. Um, I mean, it's called that for a reason, isn't it? Look, they, as Tommy said, they've spent a bit of money in the transfer window. I think their uh, purchases have been really smart and really well-used money. Obviously, they got Andre Gomez. Um, but my my big thing, my big signing for Everton was Fabian Delph coming Ooh. in for, I think it was about eight, eight and a half million pounds. They're, they're they got him on a bargain. Un, under, like, absolute bargain. And this is a guy who's coming in with a lot of experience. He's a good leader. He's, he's captain clubs in the Premier League. He's played in World Cups. He's won leagues. He's won everything. Also got a team relegated too, didn't he? He did, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's going to be a huge thing, a huge um, signing for Everton, just to shore up that midfield, to have a bit of guidance or something they didn't really have last year. And obviously, uh, the rumour that it's pretty much the... What is it? The worst kept secret in football that Moise Ken has signed for Everton for you know approximately thirty million pounds. You know, for me, if large if factually correct. That exactly. Would be if, if this goes through, I think this could be the signing of the year in the Premier League. Oof. Uh, I think. I agree with you, Damo. Let's put that on the record. Yep, I, I think it could be the signing of the season. Um, just you know, that, uh, for in today's market, for a Premier League club that's in and about that top, you know, eight or ten. For, to buy someone for thirty million that I think could easily score twenty goals in a season, I think it's a bargain. Um, do, do you expect him to make an instant impact at, I do. at Everton? I do. I expect him to come in and just absolutely bang goals in. Oh wow, that's a lot of lot of heat to be putting on a uh, a nineteen year old. More than a game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there's also a few other players who've come back from loan. Um, I don't know if Everton plan on using them or selling them, but Kevin Morales is back. Uh, you know. He probably won't play, but he's, he's, <laughs> he's but he's depth there, and he, he's a decent winger for if you need depth. You know that's something Everton really lacked last season was just extra depth. Um, what about uh, some of the players that have gone out though? Are there any major impacts there? No, I don't think there's any major impacts. Look, Vlasic left. Adrisa Gay, yeah, not oh, not, not, Gay, not a sorry, big impact apart from him. But you know, Kurtzuma? But I think that's why they bring in. Well, he was a like, line. Uh, Fabian Delph is to fill that spot, and they've now, also brought in uh, Jean Philippe Gbamin as well, yeah, who's have. a defensive midfielder. Yeah, look, they've they've brought in the players to be able to fill the spots that they've lost. Although they did lose Phil Jagielka, which is a huge oh. loss. so big time player, Phil Deadwood. <laughs> no, but I think one less player to play centre back for them as well. Yeah, well, they they've got. We all saw how durable yeah, Yuri Mena's body was last season. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. The fans this year are going to be really nervous, in my opinion, about their back four. And well, Keane's not exactly uh, injury-free either. Yeah, well, that's might, true. They might have some real concerns at that centre-back area. Yeah, their back four, I think, is really going to struggle this year. Uh, that could be Everton's downfall. That could be what pushes them a little bit further down the league. Especially without Idrissa Gay's four tackles a game. Yeah. <laughs> Big-time player. <laughs> Big-time fantasy stats. Yeah. <laughs> But I've uh, I've got Everton finishing ninth this season, um, and for me, I think a successful season 
for Everton would be pushing for those Europa League spots again, uh, you know, in and around that Everton Cup. So it's where we expect them to be, but I don't think they can be any better than that this year. Um, speaking of uh, the Everton Cup, uh, one of the other clubs, thanks, Damo, uh, was uh, that's in the hunt for the Everton Cup is uh, is Leicester. Um, Jesse Farmer making his his pod uh, his preview debut. Welcome, uh, Jesse. This afternoon. Thanks, uh, guys. Jesse, uh, walk us through what you think uh, about uh, Leicester's chances. Well, I've just been on the spot, uh, the spiky ball and the roller for the first uh, 30 minutes of the pod, so it's good to be here, boys. Are you, um, you going to be on a roller now? Or? Well, I hope so. Um, yeah, so Leicester's uh, an interesting one because they're not interested at all. Um, they have got a bit of a crisis of identity at the moment because they have lost big, big Ari. Um, at the back, Ari. and that's obviously quite quite new and hot off the press. Um, we're still waiting official confirmation, but um, yeah, look until you see him in a in a Manchester United jersey, uh, it hasn't happened as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so he at the moment I've put him tentatively as an as an out. Um, notable outs, I guess you've also got Okazaki has gone um, to Malaga um, or Malaga, so they've got uh, a couple of outs there. Ins, I mean Telemans is officially a Leicester player now. You've got huge Perez. So this one's, um, if you've been uh, doing your fantasy research, which it sounds like you have, Tommy. Um, <laughs> the, um, no doubt. Perez is a bit of a bargain um, in fantasy. And, and he uh, he's going to be an interesting addition because I think Okazaki had sort of done his dash. And yep. um, it's a, it's probably a good signing. Um, so, Boys, can we just do the rounds now? Do people here think that um, Leicester paid overs, overs for, uh, for Ayosi Perez? 30 mil? No, that's about right in this market. Yeah, but if you're comparing what Moise can be 30 mil for Ayosi Perez, I think well, it's an absolute, it's an absolute bargain, bargain yeah. or they've overpaid. I think it's great business if Everton can get Moise can for 30 mil. But anyway, on you go, Jesse. Yeah, well, f- for me, for me uh, you know, what fans should be excited about, well, we've got um, Tillemans is locked in. Obviously, he's a rising star. Huge and, get. And, I mean, he may well not be at the club next season if he has a big season, but, I mean, they need lots from, from him this season. Um, Perez, obviously, we just talked about. Uh, I think they were, they're nervous about, in my opinion, they'll be nervous about uh, a succession plan for Vardy because I don't really see, apart from Perez, I don't really see... Uh, I mean, they've built their game around Jamie Vardy for the last number of years. So, um, basically, from there, I, I did dig up a couple of interesting stats about Leicester. So, um, Jamie Vardy could go into the fourth all-time goal scorer for Leicester City this wow. season. Um, he needs 11 this season to surpass Derek Hines. So, um, you would expect that he'll overtake that. 11 yeah, goals yeah, would be a pretty pretty conservative estimate for Vardy this season. Uh, I also dug up another stat, guys. You'll appreciate the record for Leicester's oldest first-team player is still Mark Schwarzer, <laughs> <laughs> who was 43 years and 21 days the against Hull City on the 27th of October 2015. Oh, that's outrageous. Um, What's yeah. a successful season for them, though? Um, well, I don't know about you guys, but I've got them finishing in ninth. Um, and I feel like I'm probably being a bit generous, but I think that they do find a way to sort of dig one nil victories, um, you know, a little bit. They, on their day, they can be a very difficult team. They can set up really well. I mean, um, Brendan Rodgers would be interesting to see what he does with them. Um, he's obviously trying to build a bit of a squad there, but I, going back to my initial uh, comment, I do think they lack a bit of identity. Um, and that's probably been, I mean, he only inherited the squad at the end of the season, so... It'll be interesting to see what he can do and if he can build some character um, in that squad. Um, as far as the kit rating, I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. Um, it's pretty boring. And it's uh, <laughs> it's just got the Croatian uh, checkered flag in the background on it. So, 
Um, the mascot rating, well, we've got Philbert Fox, 7 out of 10. Um, just like Lester, nothing special, but does his job <laughs> and knows his role. Oh, that's good. Named after the old uh, Leicester Stadium, Philbert Street. Oh, huge, Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. I got like a, that. Got a picture in here that, we can share later, I guess. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and I guess... Uh, with Harry Maguire likely to be leaving as well, you might have, uh, I think Lewis Dunk has been really strongly linked. Uh, uh, obviously, he'd be a huge loss for Brighton and be a pretty solid replacement for Harry Maguire at Leicester as well. So, yeah, we'll have to see how that one pans out over the next couple of days as well. Um, next up is Liverpool with uh, Jay Farmer again. Um, yeah, Jesse, abs- what, what are your thoughts? I'm sure Colby will, uh, you know, relish uh, jumping in at times for this one. Uh, big season. Um Basically, because um, they're you know ball steep in cup competitions, so that's going to um, <laughs> that's going to really compromise things at times. I mean, I think I've I had a quick look at the um, December, and it's just the schedule is absolutely crazy. So, um, a lot of games to be played this year on the back of a team that went deep into last season and the Africa and Cup of Nations. Yep, exactly what I was going to say. So yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, they've been pretty quiet in the transfer market, as you pointed out earlier. Um, we've you know we've had Hafael Kamasho go to Sporting Lisbon, and um, and Danny Ings has officially gone to Southampton. Um, we've just been buying Chelsea in terms of uh, business this uh, this transfer window. I think Colby would agree that the the two areas that we're really desperate is to get uh, another striker. We've lost Sturridge, um, and we need another fullback. And I think I honestly think that Klopp is leaving it a little bit to the last minute to sort this out. I think we will see a couple of signings before the the window closes. But um, yeah, we have been very quiet compared to other teams. Uh, I guess as far as what we should be excited about, I mean, we've got a lot of players um, who are coming into the squad and a few that have been there but have been injured. So Ox has been injured all last season. It's like a new signing, isn't he? It's like a new get, signing. He is like a new signing. <laughs> um, yeah, to use that cliche. Um, we've got Brewster and Wilson. I mean, like, Wilson may not uh, be with the squad when the um, transfer window closes, but Brewster uh, likely will be. Um, and he's been, you know, he's he's been really good in the preseason, so that's a, an exciting space. Um, he's one to watch for me. Um, Where do you think they're going to finish this season, though? Well, I'm, I've, I've gone with my heart and gone first. Oy. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I we like won't do a rip around just uh, just yeah. now. Uh, at the end of the pod, we'll do like a bit of a, a wrap up of who we think's going, who, who we each think is going to finish top and, and and so on. I think if they are to finish first, it's going to be a, a lot of luck on their side to just scrape through a few games, and it's going to mean that what are injuries other teams, for City as well. Injuries for City, but teams to actually show some balls and play City. Because there was my biggest try to go toe to toe with them, kind of thing. Well, my biggest complaint last season is they just rolled over and just let City just pass the ball around um, as much as they liked. So if, if a couple of teams could actually, you know, grow some balls and try and take on City, then we might achieve a comp. And Jesse, um, are you nervous about um, uh, Salah and Mane coming off um, the back of big international tournaments and all the football that they've and played? Firmino as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, all of all three uh, with with not much. Uh, I know you mentioned um, a striker, but we're, mm. the, you know Liverpool are a bit bit short for wide uh, attackers as well. Yeah, and I think that what Klopp did really well last year is he managed that second half of the season with fatigue much better than the season pr- uh, previous. We really we cooked it in January the previous season. So um, yeah, I, I I hope he's he's. I mean, yeah, I I I trust him now. Obviously, he's been there for a while, and he's he's. He's improved as he's been as he's gone he's on. He's got so. results as well, doesn't he? So I, I think he's, there's got to be a plan there. I mean, we may even see a signing in the January window, which we haven't done for for a while. We've never really been that active in the January window, so we might see something mid-season potentially. Um, as far as the kit, well, 
no collar, uh, no party, as far as I'm concerned. Um, no bueno. Yeah, it frustrates me because I can see the, the, the homage to the original kit, and it, it's a nice uh, idea, but uh, as far as... I'm Execution, not, not so good. Yeah, I mean, even the, the goalkeeper's uh, kit's a, a really nice colour oh, yeah. combination. Don't so, see many of them down the street, though, do you? Well, I think Just goalkeeper it, it's, sold out. it's sold out before the, uh, the actual... Uh, Is that just based on expectations of selling none, or...? <laughs> I think it's Alison, such a great-looking <laughs> bloke. Um, but six out of ten for me for the kit. Um, I also thought I'd throw the uh, uh, shout-out for the mascot rating to the unofficial Mighty Red. Um, Mighty Red only turns up at kids' parties, apparently. He's not allowed on the pitch, um, and he's an absolute flog. He looks, um, like, <laughs> he looks like a character from Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah, well, he wow. looks like that, sh- that show in the 90s, Dinosaurs. Um, oh. it, it, you know, just give him a swan dry, and he's you know good to go. But um, I... I yeah, I've given him about a four out of ten because he's <laughs> he's, uh, he's rubbish. He is rubbish. All righty. Uh, thanks, uh, Jesse, for your comprehensive review there of, of Liverpool's chances this season. Uh, next up, we, we go back to, to the UK with Andy and George covering Man City. All right, Andy, the reigning champs, Manchester City. What have you got for us this season? Yeah, just quickly, we'll just drop Hudson Adoy's name because you missed him out from your Chelsea section. No, I think uh, that was... Yeah, yeah, uh, anyway, um, City, uh, look, I'm predicting a third straight title. I think they've, you know, how do you, how do you beat basically a perfect season? You just do it again. You get rid of your captain, don't you? Well, aging captain, uh, what a way from the bow out. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased it's on that note. So who have, um, they, who have they brought in this season? Only two major signings so far. Obviously, Rodri, who's coming into the midfield. He's the obvious heir to the... Fernandinho throne, uh, basically the perfect Guardiola pivot to play in that role. Uh, I think fans should be very excited to see him uh, again. Finally, we sort of have a solution. Uh, sit there in, in the middle, and he can spray pass around. He does the work. Uh, I, I think he's going to fit in almost seamlessly. Actually, uh, other player they brought in was a, a young player called Angel, who's basically played everywhere. Yet I've never seen him play or heard of him. But obviously Pep rates him, so uh, I'll back him in. We're going to back Pep in uh, with signings. So um, what are they going to do to replace Vincent Company then? I think they really need to do too much to replace him. It depends if Otamendi goes or stays. I think Stones and Laporte at the back, for a team that usually has the ball, uh, are probably okay. Laporte's the obvious starter. Stones was great for a large section of the season and then sort of tailed off. And I don't know whether it was because his form dropped or because Company's really picked up, but he didn't get much game time towards the end. But... He did also win the league with that clearance off the line. So I, I think they're okay in that department. If they lose Otamendi, maybe they need to sign someone else. But uh, about the, the leadership? The leadership aspect is a different matter, and that's probably the biggest hole because Company is the obvious leader on the pitch. Uh, Fernandinho is probably next, but uh, again, another guy on the way out. So, yeah, I, I, I take the point. I to watch if the, uh, the pressure mounts on. And, and obviously, De Bruyne, uh, for the full season, will make a big difference. Make a massive difference. Uh, yeah. I agree. I, I do, I've said this before, I do think Liverpool really did get bailed out quite a few times last season. Um, a lot of goalkeeping errors in their favour. I think in a, in a regular season, without that sort of life, and again, I'm, I'm sorry, Colby and Jesse, but uh, I don't see it being that close. And then the pressure's not really on. Um, I don't think they've improved substantially. While the other team, what most teams have improved, um, I don't think Liverpool have made up enough ground. So I see City 
running away with it again this year. All right. Uh, what what should fans be excited about uh, apart from uh, winning the winning the winning the league? Well, I think they'll, I think they win the league. What they should probably be excited about is if they can make it a decent dent in Europe, and that's obviously what this season is going to be judged by. Yeah. Um, so uh, you're you're saying ch- Champions League or bust for City. I, I think that will that will be the measure of a successful season. Otherwise, it's just another Bayern uh, trilogy again for for Pep. Everyone knows he can win the league, but they'd like to see him do it in Europe again. So I think that's the mark of the season for them. And and what should City fans be nervous about? Have we touched on everything, or is it is there something else you're worried about? Um, honestly, it would be that sort of leadership in defence, and it would be um, you know a, another option or two in Europe. I mean, their starting is pretty much set. They could probably do with another left back. They could do with another central defender. Uh, I, I would worry if, if things aren't going to play on a European night, who you bring on? Yeah, and then, and then there's a lot of pressure on Mendy then, um, with with Odell uh, being able to pinch hit. Uh... <laughs> a lot of pressure on, on Mendy to stay fit. Um, uh, you know, in other positions they're pretty much covered. It'll be great to see more of Phil Foden, especially with David Silva deciding he's going to hang up the boots at the end of the season. So. We should see more of him. Obviously, Bernardo Silva taking a more uh, central role and a more um, decisive role now. He so took a pretty decisive role last season, so get an even more decisive. It'd be a bit of a worry for the rest of the Premier League and uh, Europe. Okay, so you're saying uh, uh, top top of the table and, and top of the table and, and uh, with a bit more space than last year. There you have it. Uh, pretty much. Uh Universal there that City are going to win the league from uh, from the UK. Uh, next up is the other Manchester club, and Colby's going to run us through that. Colby, do you think uh, Manchester United have a chance to knock City off their off their perch? Oh, uh, oh look, anything can happen in a derby, Tommy. Um, but um, look, no, a bit different over thirty eight games. It's though, a bit isn't different it? over thirty eight games, uh, and United are going to have another uh, thirty eight games where they have a crack at getting back into the top four because that's that's really what they need to do to have a successful season. If you're if you're Manchester United, anything less than Champions League spot is disappointing, uh, and they're coming off the back of a quite a disappointing finish to last season where they where they finished in sixth. Um, but that was uh, the the season was sort of coloured by uh, a dressing room meltdown and the Mourinho uh, saga coming to a close there. Um, so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to have his first full season in charge of United. Um, well, he thinks he does. Well, he thinks he does. He might not have a full season. We'll we'll see. Um, <laughs> United have strengthened uh, in the areas that uh, they've really needed to have addressed. Obviously, bringing in uh, Harry Maguire, we think that's a done deal for £80 million. Uh, and Aaron Wan-Bissaka to shore up the defence. Um, and that was, a, that was a huge issue last season. They, they conceded 54 goals, um, which is like pretty much almost the most in the top 10 other than like I don't know West, West Ham. Ham yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look I think fans uh, can be excited about that um, they've had a pretty good preseason. Um, you know a bit of continuity there Solskjaer coming into his second season um, so it's, it's it's all looking okay and they've got um, a, a few of their youth products uh, Taith Chong uh, Greenwood and Angel Gomez all, all coming through don't know how many uh, senior minutes they will see um, but they, they, they've got, uh, you know, stuff to be excited about. But uh, if I was a United fan, um, you know, other than, I don't know, jumping off a bridge, I'd probably be nervous about uh, <laughs> for this season. Interesting uh, comparison there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd probably be nervous uh, about losing Pogba or, or having a Pogba who's uninterested in any... And in any case, I'd be nervous about Pogba this yeah, season. I, I was thinking you were going to say that you'd be nervous about them holding on to Pogba. That's what I mean. Like <laughs> having a Pogba way, there who's not way, interested right. or, or losing him. Um, because they, they, they've got not a great balanced squad in my opinion they've shorted up at the back and they're they're, they're you know have got a pacey good looking forward line um if you don't count Lukaku who might be out the door as well but it's it's midfield that you run into trouble Matic is an old 31 you've you've got rid of Herrera and Fred hasn't really lived up to the billing um so um I'd be pretty nervous about that uh one to watch um for me uh mason greenwood i see if he gets minutes but I, I think he was a very very impressive uh youth player in their in their preseason. so um if he can get some minutes this season um get around him i think that they're going to finish in seventh though they're, they're going to uh, have an even worse season this season than last it's it's not going to come together for them because they've gotten worse or because the other teams have gotten better around i think them? there are some other teams um that have gotten better um, but yeah, they've they've got yeah. Unless they unless they fix that midfield hole in the uh, next couple of days, the the last of the transfer window, then um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it um, coming together. It's 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 critical to to patch that up. Got a friend who's a United fan, and obviously like B- you know ballsy thing to admit to. Yeah, and um, you know apart from the classic Liverpool Manchester United banter, uh, one of the things I said to him about Liverpool a couple of years ago was that we were stuck in this this you know perpetual cycle where we wanted to sign good players but they only wanted to play Champions League and United I mean it's almost like they've been in denial that they have to do a rebuild and it's like it's almost like this season is the first kind of time especially now that the Marino's, Mourinho's moved on it's like okay we actually have to rebuild we need to replenish the squad because there are players in there that you're like how are they even still there some of them have been there a long time. They've been garbage for a long time as well. And so there's going to be like with you know when you flush out part of the squad, there's got to be some disruption to that. And yeah, that might might lead to your prediction, Cops. And where's the leadership coming from as well? Like Herrera and Antonio Valencia, who are probably the biggest leaders in the squad, other than Pogba when he wants to. Well, I think um, uh, Solskjaer has announced that Ashley Young is going to be the club captain. So, yeah, so you know, he's, and, be playing, and he's right? barely going to play. So I assume that De Gea is probably going to wear the armband week in, week out. Yeah, so um, that's that's also uh, yeah, it's also something to be nervous about. But um, yeah, in, in very interesting. They're always a, always a club to to keep an eye on throughout the season. There's never a dull moment with United unless they're playing in a game against Liverpool, where it's inevitably uh, a park the bus and uh, you know nil all draw. Well, that might change as well this season. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll keep things moving though. So uh, next up is uh, just up the road from Manchester, Newcastle. Jesse Farmer, take it away. Well, I've got two words for you, mate. Well, it's actually a name, but Steve Bruce. And um, Steve uh, Bruce. I'd be pretty excited if I was a Newcastle fan right now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm... Well, you're joking, I, right? I am yeah. joking. <laughs> I am joking. I'm, I'm joking. Um, I had a good chat to a, a good friend of the pod, uh, Andrew, Andy Budniak, and he, um, yeah, he was talking about how dire the situation is. But um, for me, uh, I think... they had a couple of big signings recently, though, haven't they? Yeah, they have, they have. So, um, I mean, before I jumped to the signings, I just, yeah, I took a little uh, screenshot of his managerial record and the win percentage. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, obviously, there's ebbed and flowed from championship teams and Premier League teams. But um, And then the Premier League teams have then dropped down to the Starting with Sheffield United um, in 1998, and then we come to the present day, like Sheffield Wednesday in 2019. 
just in, in chronological order, we've gone from 40%, 37%, 37%. He did get 61% with Crystal Palace in 2001, but then the rest of it's been 37, 33, 29, 40, 45, and 38. But won't he lift for Newcastle, boys? He's a Geordie. He's going he's gonna to lift for them. It's going to be different this time. Oh, I reckon, uh, you know, you could write an article for The Sun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, um, no, to be honest, it's, it's, it is a tough time. Um, I mean, they have... Uh, lost Perez, uh, obviously. Um, but who's the striker they replaced him with? Joelinton. Oh, nice. No, oh, yeah, good, Jesse. Good um, from you. Ten, ten from all the judges there. <laughs> the Thanks, mate. I had a few classes with you uh, <laughs> a couple of days ago, so I'm proud of that. Um, yeah, we've got... Um, uh, I'll leave it to Colby to pronounce the um, the in from Nice. Alain San Maxim. Yeah, lovely. Um, so they've um, just made that up, boys. I don't know whether that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Jetro Willems is that what you say? We're going to say Willems. Um, yeah. So he's from Eintracht Frankfurt, and so um, we've had a bit of a a, a couple of signings, and, and quite quickly. So just you know, over the last few days, we you sound like you've become a, a Newcastle fan overnight. I like to really live and breathe the character. <laughs> you've, talk, um, you've talked yourself around here. <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to really get into the into the role. Um, as far as one to watch, I would say Almiron is 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 one for me. Ooh, yep. because I think he he took a while to adjust, but he's um mm. he, he's an exciting. You player. think Steve Bruce will be able to get a tune out of him? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, where, where do I see them uh, finishing? Well, I reckon actually, um, I'm going to be kind to them and say thirteenth. Wow, Um, that is very, very optimistic. You were listening to uh, Andy Bartoniak, I think it may be a bit too much. Yeah, I mean, but that's probably as as great as it gets with Newcastle, because when we go to the kit rating, I'm going to rip them to pieces here. Um, What? uh, You can have a nice kit, but when you stick that logo on it, uh, you've gone down to a sponsor's logo. Oh, yeah, the Fun 88. Yep. Yeah, look, probably that is disgusting. Probably the worst uh, gambling logo getting out in um, in the Premier League this season. It's a shocker. Which is a shame because I love the Huddersfield Town Paddy Power PR stunt in the preseason. You know, and it's it's an iconic kit. Responsibly, it's an iconic kit. So um, yeah, but um, things do get better when we get to Monty Magpie, the mascot. <laughs> um, eight out of ten, fearsome eyes. Wow, um, eight. would do terrible things to Phil with Fox. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. He's a killer, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Peck your eyes out. um, Yeah, no, tough times um, for the tune. Um, But, I mean, as far as what we... I I heard from uh, Andy when I was talking to him, he was just quite dejected that they'd lost uh, Rafa. So, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to get uh, excited about Steve Bruce. Yeah, look, uh, I'm predicting tough days for ahead for, for Newcastle this season, but uh, another team that uh, could potentially be having tough days this season is Norwich. All right, Andy, uh, take us through a Premier League newcomers Norwich. What can we expect? Ooh, Norwich. Well, look, I'm, I'm, while I was initially optimistic about Norwich's chances, I'm also still scarred from the experience of predicting a successful season for Fulham last, season, last year, so... Um, Look, obviously great to see them win the championship from a place they probably weren't expected to. Um, this year, you know, it, who sort of knows where they're going to end up in the Premier League this year? I'm, I'm excited to see their manager, uh, Daniel Fark, who's another one of the uh, Klopp, Hazard, Hootel, Alpine, Bundesliga manager production line. Uh, you know, teams with aggressive pressing and uh, fast play with the ball. So um, I think they'll be fun to watch, if nothing else. What about the era of transfers? What's, what's been happening on that front? Well, very little. Sort of much like Chelsea, they've mostly just focused on re-signing the young players they've already got. Um, they've actually taken the opposite approach to Fulham last year. 
Um, and they're focused, focused on re-signing all their championship players. Um, they should be very keen and very uh, pleased, I think, that they've re-signed um, Timu Puki, uh, their big man up front, Emiliano Buendia, their sort of creative spark. Um, they've also managed to sign again um, the 2018-2019 Young Player of the Year, Max Ahrens. So uh, Norwich fans can be signed to have a young team that if they can keep it together and balance the books, they are... I think they could be well set up to, uh, to stay in the Premier League. Looks like they're balancing the books. Um, what about uh, what, fan, what fans should be nervous about? Uh, what should be nervous about? Well, they did bring in a new goalkeeper um, from Schalke, uh, Ralph Huffman, and I think he's most basically there to uh, you know stand him up at the back head of uh, Tim Krul, who always a penalty specialist and yeah. brings a lot in the dressing Premier League, a lot of Premier League experience. Yeah, not all of it positive. Uh, what they should be nervous about, they shipped a lot of goals last year. Uh, so that, I mean, that bodes well. Yeah, again, in the in the form vein of scoring a lot, but also conceding a lot. So I think that's probably the biggest thing they should be worried about. All right, on that, um, what do you think? What's a successful season for Norwich? Uh, survival, probably, would be a successful season. Um, I think of the seven seasons they've spent in the Premier League, they went back down uh, in five of that seven, so... Uh, they'll just be looking to stay up at this stage, I think. Oh, a successful season, let's call it 15, 16. Question maybe. without notice then. Um, Villa, Norwich or Sheffield United, who finishes in, on top of, uh, of the relegated teams? Who's going to be the best place finished relegated team? Uh, the best place... Promoted. Best place promoted team? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Dame, I don't think it'll be Sheffield. I think it's probably going to be Villa. Oh, there you go. So you're, you're predicting a 15th, a 15th uh, finish for, for Norwich, or I, do you I, think they'll be relegated? I think 14th, actually. I think it was going to be better than that. There you have it from Optimistic Andy's uh, review of Norwich's chances this season. Uh, another dece- uh, another team uh, up next is... Um, don't have a don't have a, a great pun to go along with it, but optimistic demo will call you for now because <laughs> I suspect that you're going to be pretty optimistic about Sheffield United's chances um, this season. So very optimistic. This is the big one. This is the one everyone's been waiting for. This preview. Look, Sheffield United obviously finished second last year in the championship. Came up. Um, they've had a pretty meteoric rise since finishing twelfth in League One two seasons, three seasons ago. We've signed a lot of players in the off-season. Maybe haven't spent the money very wisely. Um, you know, the fans have kind of been saying that we've been building a championship squad <laughs> so we can come back up uh, in two seasons' time. But You do not want to be doing that, do you? No, that's the last thing you want to do. But paying you know, nearly $20 million for Ollie McBurney from Swansea doesn't sound like great business. These are positions that needed to be filled and they're players that were that play specific roles that Chris Wilder didn't have at the club. So at the end of the day, I think they're smart he, signings. You're saying he could have been a bit wilder with the checkbook? There he is. Oh. Here he is. That's um, some cutting edge analysis of the blades there, Tommy. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I've got some interesting stats about um, Sheffield United. Obviously, well, they've broken their transfer record four times in a row so far uh, in the summer starting with Luke Freeman and then Callum Robinson and then Liz Mousset, who, as another fact, is the only player in the squad who is not British or Irish. Oh. And then Oliver McBurney, obviously 20 million in the end. It's definitely a, a British or Irish uh, surname there. Yes, he's Irish. Scottish. As Irish as they come. Ooh. McBurney. Isn't he not Scottish? I'm pretty sure he's played for Ireland. All right. You can fact check this. Fact Here check he is, this. Google. But Keep going, Damon. We've obviously brought in uh, Ravel Morrison, who Tommy will know very well. 
Yeah, from his don't West Ham days. Don't know if he's got yeah. good reviews or not. But I actually think the biggest signing that Sheffield United have made this season is Dean Henderson, bringing him back on loan from Man United. And a lot of Man United fans are really excited about Dean Henderson and his future. And his future Dean at Henderson Man Scottish or? Ollie McBurney. Fuck, that sounded Irish. He's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Fact check. See, um, it can be tough and confusing, Colby. Sorry, well, Dana. Apart from, in terms of transfers out, there's been no notable players leaving the club. You know, I think we've got rid of some dead weights and players that have gone back to the championship or even one that's gone to League One. Uh, so I don't think there's any losses. I think we've only strengthened the squad. Obviously, what the fans can be excited about this season is just being back in the Premier League and especially the fans at Bramall Lane going to those huge home games. You know, the big teams coming. Bramall Lane rocking again. Hasn't been for a while. Um, You're going to be bringing us one of those later this season, Damo? I will. I will be live from Bramall Lane later this year. Scenes. Some some things that I think the, to be nervous about, especially for fans uh, have already voiced some concerns, is what I said before. Some of the players thinking these transfers have been building for a championship campaign rather than a Premier League campaign. And they've been paying the Premier League tax and the Premier League price for these championship level players. Um, so you're nervous about next at the end of this season when you get relegated and you have to do a fire sale and you're not going to make that money back? No, I don't think it's anything to do with that. We're not going to get relegated, oh, first oh. of all. But second of all, uh, I just think the quality of players people think have come in aren't Premier League quality. Um, but one to watch for the me squad is... Squad players and you've, you've paid overs yeah, to some pretty degree. much, mm, yeah. Mm. We've paid the Premier League tax. I think one to watch this season is, as I said last year, many times on the pod, Ollie Don't Norwood say, is Premier League, say, Premier League Ollie quality. Norwood. Who? Ollie Norwood is oh. Premier League quality. Remember the name, Tommy. And he's yep. going to be brilliant this season for Sheffield United. He reruns the show in midfield, he and John Fleck. But Ollie Norwood is going to be a superstar this year. Um, what's a successful season for Sheffield United? Obviously, I think is staying up. Um, but pushing a little bit. Uh, a little bit higher, hopefully, than than a you know relegation battle. Um, Chris Wilder plays a pretty unique uh, defensive system with a back three that's got overlapping centre halves. I don't know <laughs> if you've seen it. I, we can post a video of it on on the More yeah. Than a Game Facebook. It's really interesting to watch. Um, but it's it's something that you know a back three in the Premier League has often not worked, and not many managers have made it work very well. Do, doesn't make it like a back two or a back one if there's overlapping well, centre-backs? Yeah, well, I'll, we'll post a video and we'll show show okay. how it works. It's, uh, it's a really interesting system, how how he does it. and Sounds bonkers to me. It does. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's been using it since he was in the conference, and he's got promoted from every division from the seventh tier up. What a wilder ride. So, it is, it is a wilder ride with Chris. Sounds like Joel Maddup just going for a stroll upfield. Yeah, <laughs> well, we've seen that at Liverpool before. I don't know if that's on purpose, though. <laughs> the, Not a tactical tweak there. The, the, the kit this year for Sheffield United, uh, there was a bit of an uproar last year when the, the kit had a full white back. We've gone straight back to the, to the stripes this year, front Good. and back. Good. We've got an Australian company as a sponsor on the front of the top. Which kind of looks like a British flag. Which yeah, it looks very to, Brexity. Which is more towards the Brexit theme of Sheffield United. <laughs> um, but I've predicted Sheffield United to finish 13th this year. Wow, so that's bold. I, I'm very confident in Chris Wilder and the way he plays football and the way he builds teams. So I, I'm very confident. Interesting. Interesting. 
Um, I think Sheffield United is going to be an interesting one for people to watch this season because I think a lot of people aren't predicting them to stay up. Exactly. But, I love but the if they f- manage to do what like the, the likes of Brighton or Palace end up doing with just a really rigid back line, you never know. They could be a real surprise. And talking about rigid back lines, Sheffield United finished the season last year. The last 15 games of the season, they conceded seven goals. They had 12 clean sheets in the last 15 games to, to win promotion. So, you know, it's a very, very good back line and people talk about playing three at the back, but, you know, we don't concede many goals. So you know, that could be the way to stay up is, you know, grind out results like we did towards the back end of the championship season. 38 nil nil draw sometimes could be enough to stay up, can't it? It would be. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll keep going though. Uh, next up is, is me with Southampton. So uh, here we have another team that um, this will be... Uh, Ralph Hassenhudel's first uh, full season in charge after joining the club, I think it was Ooh. about November last year. Ralph Hassenhudel, did I say that right? Potentially. Hassenhudel? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, right. Sorry. I'm sorry we went back to that, listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, look, they will be... I think the fans at Southampton will be quite nervous, though, about uh, Danny Ings' body, uh, particularly his knees, and whether or not they'll hold up for a full season. Um, and I think uh, so. Proved- so this season uh, we're watching uh, Nick Pope's shoulder, Danny Ings's knees, and <laughs> Harry Kane's ankles. Uh, if we've got any other anatomy, watch. Uh, let us know. Uh, and look, yeah, they um, Southampton haven't had a good run with with strikers in the last couple of years as well. So they'll be hoping that they can get a tune out of uh, Shea Adams or Shea Adams. Not sure how you say that exactly, but uh, listeners, I'm sure you'll let us know as soon as we make an error like that. Pretty quick to. Let us know. We're big on our pronunciation fact check here at More Than a Game. <laughs> uh, one to watch, though, I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how young uh, Valerie, Valeri, how he goes uh, this season. So uh, excited to see how he I'm, young. I'm big on Valeri. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's going to be, uh, hopefully he can build on last season, which was not kind of his breakout season, but he only broke through about halfway through. So this is really a chance for him to uh, cement his spot as the first choice right back. Um I think this is this is going to be a great season for Southampton just because this is a return to them having an identity. They did sort of lose the plot a little bit under uh, under Mark Hughes there for a little bit, little bit, and the owners sort of uh, went away from some of their some of the club's principles as well, which was what do you what are you under uh, uh, Coman and Pochettino as well? They sort of gave the gave the club a bit of an identity, but then yeah, obviously Hughes kind of stripped away, that away a little bit. Um, I'm predicting that they will finish 13th and that they won't flirt with relegation this season, which is a pretty big call, I think. Um, but look, I am expecting a pretty big season from Musa Janipo. Is that how you say it? Anyone? No one, no one willing to correct you know me? No better right? than me. Uh, I'm predicting a big season from him, the the new signing um, on, on pretty big money for I think he's about 20 million pounds. So... Um, yeah, interesting times ahead for, for Southampton. Did you say 13th? Yes, 13th. Yeah, yeah, that's a Hail Mary for St. Mary's. Oh, wow. I mean, I, um, I've got them getting relegated, boys. Gee. Really? And look, they they have been circling the drain, but they, they did come back quite strongly uh, after Hassan Hoodle, uh was appointed full-time uh, to Southampton. So, yeah, I, I'm predicting that they, they will pretty be pretty safe this season. Um, in terms of kit, um, yeah, look, they've really sort of split the pack here a little bit. Um, uh, the crowd... that. The crowd hasn't really been a fan of... Uh, well, the crowd's been a little bit split on the home kit, which is an Under Armour effort. Speaking of split, um, their whole kit looks like it's just a couple of kits just sort of patched together. Yeah, sewn together, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, their away kit, 
yeah, that's pretty much unanimous that everyone hates it. It's uh, this like pale green, uh, sorry, this grey and pale lime green effort from Under Armour and it's disgusting. It's probably, I think, my most hated or least favourite kit of, of the summer. And listeners will, of course, uh, be posting a full wrap-up of all of our kit ratings and, and uh, sort of mascot power rankings and all of the rest of that in this week in the lead-up to the first week of the Premier League uh, as, a, as a bit of a pump-up. So look out for those on, on Twitter and Facebook as well. Yes. Uh, the final one for Southampton, though, is uh, is their mascot. Um, Jesse, I know you gave some of them a rating. I'm going to give uh, Sammy the Saint, or Sammy Saint, I think he is. Um, sorry, I don't have a photo there, Colby. Um, but he, he just seems like a really happy, happy, cute dog as opposed to... He's a bit um, fat, that though, angry. isn't he? Yeah, well, it's because he's happy. He's just happy. Um, but he he st- stands in stark to stark contrast to, to Newcastle's Magpie, who just looks real angry. Um, and look, it's good to see that down on the south coast of England, with plenty of sun. They've got a <laughs> got a happy happy dog down there, Sammy the Saint. Um, we'll keep moving though, shall we? Um, next up is Damo um, with Spurs. Damo, how do you think uh, Spurs are going to go this season? Do you think they're going to, to break into that top two or do you think uh, Spurs are going to Spurs again? Spurs, I think it's been an interesting uh, summer for Spurs. I think something that the fans can be really excited about is that Spurs have actually been linked with top-class, world-class talent, which kind of means they've gone to a different level. Bale and Dybala getting linked to Spurs. It's put Spurs in a different bracket and it's a different mindset of how people think of Spurs now, especially after being in a Champions League final. They are one of the big clubs, not just in England, but in the world. And I think that's going to work in their favour, if not mentally, as well as having a home in their brand new stadium, which will be a huge factor. Um, I think Spurs, you know, I spoke earlier about uh, Ndombele coming in, I think is one of the best signings um, he'll be one of the best performing players, you know, new players in the Premier League this year. They didn't. They only lost World Cup Kieran. I don't think it's a big loss, really. I think they probably got overs for him. I think it was twenty something million or twenty million they got for him. I don't know if he's it's worth outrageous, that. isn't it? I know, right? Um, for having one four-week-long tournament worth of good play, but apart from that, I think I think one to watch this season will be Kyle Walker Peters. I think obviously he's going to have a lot bigger role with Trippier out the door. He, it's he's going to be fighting for a starting spot with Aurier, and I actually think Walker Peters, you know, by a third or a quarter of the way through the season, will claim that starting spot. That will be his spot, and he's going to come into his own. I am actually predicting that he'll play for England this season. Ooh, wow! He'll get an England call up. I think he showed glimpse last last season. So yeah, I think, exactly. I think you're right there. I think attacking wise, which is the way Pochettino likes his fullbacks to play. I think he's exactly the type of player that Spurs would love and he's going to have a brilliant season. Um, Obviously, a successful season for Spurs is trying to close the gap on the top two from last year and I think they will close that gap to Liverpool. I don't think they will beat Liverpool or City. I'm predicting them to finish third, um, but I'm not predicting it to be the huge point gap that it was last year. I think they'll be a lot closer. Well, this season Harry Kane's had a had a rest, um, yep. and Ericsson as well. And now Ericsson isn't expected to be both uh, uh, to do the water carrier uh, work and be the creative hub as well. So um, exactly, 
I've actually predicted Harry Kane to win the Golden Boot this year as well. Um, I think he'll be back. And an interesting fact is Kane only needs only needs 25 league goals this season to become in the top 10 Premier League scorers of all time. Wow. And at the moment, in the top 50, he's got the highest goals per game ratio of any player in the top 50 goal scorers in the Premier League. So he'll be passing the likes of Van Persie, Bergkamp, who had played over double the amount of games Kane has. Keep an eye on those ankles. If uh, if he stays fit, uh, yeah, th- I think that's not a bad shout, Damo. Well, that that new ter- that new turf field at uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the new White Hart Lane or whatever they're calling it, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But no, I think, as I said before, that stadium is going to be a huge factor for Spurs this year. And if they can get that home form back, you know, sometimes they're just unbeatable at home. Unless uh, it's West Ham. <laughs> I think hey <laughs> a big thing that Spurs uh, fans can be really nervous about, I think, is the same issue they've had the last couple of years is just depth. They don't have the depth to be able to compete in four or five tournaments that they're in. They really have to focus on one or it's their downfall that they kind of crash out towards the end of the season out of all. We've seen that over the last two years, really. They've fallen off towards the back end of the season in nearly every tournament. Uh, last year, obviously, they focused a lot on the Champions League and made a Champions League final. And it seems like that's kind of what it takes for Spurs is just to have to take all the pressure off every other tournament and focus on one. Because they just don't have the depth like City, like Liverpool do to just rotate these players and keep the same level. Mm. That's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that pans out uh, this season. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll keep moving on, though. On to next up is, is Watford. Colby's going to re- preview Watford's chances. Um, yes, Watford. Uh, d- one-time darlings of the pod. Could they be back there at nah. all this season? No, nah, they're dead to me. <laughs> Will they have any Isaac success this season? <laughs> uh, look, they did have some Isaac success last season. Not too much, but uh, on-field success uh, in, in Premier League terms was their uh, best finish of the Premier League era when they finished in 11th. Uh, and also, um, don't forget, they were FA Cup finalists. Um but in terms of their off-season or summer recruitment activity, uh, it's been uh, a Chelsea-esque. bit of a, It's been a bit of a wash. Yeah, um, they, they've brought in Craig Dawson, uh, a centre back from West Brom, um, who is p- presumably a bit of cover with uh, Miguel Britos um, going out. But uh, they haven't really done too much. Um, in the transfer market, other than an in-principle deal for a 17-year-old uh, Brazilian talent from Fluminense uh, called Joao Pedro. Uh, he's a 17-year-old centre-forward um, uh, who's who's being compared to sort of Richarlison and Neymar, and um, he's being talked about in, in very big terms, but they, they haven't locked this deal away. It's an in-principle deal where um, if Watford end up not signing him, um, they get like twenty million payout or, or something like that. So I guess that's what they're um, valuing him at, which is massive for a seventeen-year-old. But and they can't actually bring him in until he's eighteen, oh, which is uh, mm. which will be uh, in January this year. So uh, that's that's for me. That's one to watch for Watford if they bring him in. If they can pull off this uh, this transfer, considering they've done nothing else, if they can pull in this bloke and he comes in and he's um, even better than a, a sort of Richarlison. Um, which is also where Richarlison came from, I think, Fluminense. He did, yes. Uh, so uh, if they if they can do that, that'll be uh, a great piece of business. But if that falls through or it doesn't work, then um, Watford have had a terrible summer. Mm. Um, 
Do you think uh, they could be uh, the Hornets could be stung by their lack of uh, <laughs> uh, transfer activity? Potentially, Tommy. Yes. Uh, look, but what they should be excited about, Watford fans, is uh, some rare managerial continuity with uh, Javi Garcia uh, having a chance to build on um, a successful season last year, and, and they've also managed to hang on to De La Feu and Decore as well. So uh, I know both of them, or more so Decore, but um, were rumoured um, to, to be leaving the club at various points last season. It wasn't the hive of activity I was expecting. Oh. From that. It's okay though because they've got a really strong decor there at uh, at Watford. So, uh, but uh, look for for a successful season for Watford. I think while they'd love to crack the the top ten for the first time in their history, uh, more realistic marker of success is probably to just aim for an eleventh place or or you know sort of there or thereabouts um, again, um, particularly given the the lack of signings and and notoriously inconsistent players like your, your Grays and Pereiras and and the like kicking around Watford. So I don't know if Lightning is going to strike twice. I think they're going to finish thirteenth. Interesting. I think uh, Watford are the epitome, I guess, of what you what you hope for uh, if you're a mid mid table team is that you you know near relegation and you have a great cup run. Yeah. And they had that last season. They, they, so. they did, they did. And also, they've got the best mascot in the Premier League, Harry the Hornet. 10 out of 10 for me. Some might call him disrespectful for diving, <laughs> but really, he just gets knocked over sometimes. Uh, you know, he, he loves provoking opposition fans and managers, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, when he's not knee sliding with occasional goal scorers. Uh, and he's an actual Hornet, which is, uh, the, you know, Watford's original um, original animal uh, sigil. So, so sorry, sorry to steal the, uh, the Hornet thunder there, mate. Yeah, there you go. Um, but anyway, so uh, speaking of teams that are going to take the league by storm, oh. <laughs> uh, here I'm about to do uh, West Ham's preview. So um, West Ham obviously uh, had a bit of a, uh, have got rid of one of their problem children over the last probably 12 months. Uh, Marco Anatovic went to China. Oh. Yep, well, Marco, uh, Andy, Andy Carroll left as well. But uh, Marco Anatovic, um, uh, one of my favorite players uh and just so happened that pretty much the same time that my uh West Ham jersey with an out of each seven on it uh arrived pretty much an out of each said he wanted to leave so uh are you going to get a Shanghai SIPG an out of each <laughs> seven jersey Tommy you mean another one or <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look there has been a few other um this this uh transfer window has been about sort of getting rid of some of the dead wood and uh, I guess replacing them and, and upgrading certain positions and they've managed to get rid of Andy Carroll, Pedro Albiang has already left, Lucas Perez left, uh former uh, West Ham darling Reese Oxford has also mm-hmm. left on a permanent now as well after sort of impressing when he was a little bit young, but hasn't really kicked on in the last couple of years. Um the two major ins are Seb Allaire. The uh, French striker from Frankfurt comes in on uh, about £40 million. Uh, and also Pablo Fornals as well from Villarreal. He's uh, a great get for them, who I think will be the next David Silva. So watch out for him this season. We're talking about anatomy chat. West Ham have really improved their spine with those signings. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, they've still got uh, Wilshere though, don't they? So Yeah, and look, I think he... Luke Wilshere... Luke Wilshere? Luke Wilshere. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, that's not his name. What's his name again? I'm Ron Burton. Jack, yeah, thank you. Jack Wilshere. I think he's uh, as scary as it is to say this out loud. I think um, he he does hold uh, the key to how successful West Ham season is going to be. I think if if Jack Wilshere manages to stay fit, um, look, 
West Ham could cra- uh, crack the European slots this season, but um, I, look, I don't hold high hopes for that. So I think um, uh, sort of that upper middle table to to maybe as high as seventh is 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 what West Ham fans can hope for this season. Um, You've hung on to Decky Rice as well. Yeah, huge, huge keep for us. And also, Men United were sniffing around um, Diop as well. So mm. I think he's been. It's been great to hold on to both of those two and to. Uh, improve upon the striking position as well uh, with Seb Allaire coming in. I think he's going to score, um, going to conservatively say 15 goals this season. So that'd be, that would be great. But also he is fantastic at bringing other players in. Uh, and so West Ham are just flooded at the moment with uh, pretty solid players uh, in that sort of final attacking third. But uh, look, where I think this could all come unstuck is... Um, just conceding way too many goals. Like we saw Fabianski last season had just basically the season of his life and by a long, long way made the most saves in the league. And um, he's actually injured right now, just a small groin injury. But um, he, uh, if he is either injured or doesn't manage to maintain the form of last season, I think, um, yeah, it could all sort of go a little bit pear-shaped, unfortunately. Um, look, I am predicting they'll finish seventh, but I guess that's with a caveat that um, it relies on Will she staying fit? Anything can happen, I guess, if he doesn't stay fit, though. Um, in terms of uh, kits, uh, West Ham, I really like the home kit, but I think the star of West Ham's kits this season is their away kit. I think that one has pretty much been universally loved uh, all around uh, this season. It's a beautiful white kit with uh, claret and blue trim, which I know I'm going to be going out and buy one. I assume. Who are you getting on the back? Who are you getting on the back, Tommy? The <laughs> listeners want to know. Who's, who's leaving first? <laughs> Will she? <laughs> well, um, uh, good question. Well asked. I, I was thinking about getting uh, for Niles. I was thinking about getting Alaire. Get but it relies, it relies upon uh, for Niles, uh, Sorry, Alaire getting number nine. If he stays with 22 like he is right now, no, no way. Um, and I also was thinking about Rice, but yeah, well, he's still wearing 41, so that's He'll no probably go. go first, so you might as well oh, get him. Stop it. Stop it. I'm not taking the bait. I'm physically uncomfortable right now at the thought of that. Um, all right, we'll move on, though. Last but not least is uh, Portugal's Wolves. Um, and Jesse, appropriately, is going to be... Portugal B. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even think I'm covering this, boys, but I'll, uh, I'll, I can launch it anyway. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. But in, in so, on, to be honest, I've watched a lot of the um, a lot of their games last year anyway. Um, they've just added a couple of Portuguese um, players, surprise, surprise. Uh, in the last few days, so also I'll a Spaniard as well. Mm. Yes, yes, was Vahel. Yeah, I don't know how you say it either, but mm. yep, that mm. guy. He's a young centre back um, that they got from Real Madrid. Uh, I think he's just on a loan. He is, yes. Um, but they've also got in um, Patrick Catrone or Catron. Uh, <laughs> where's he from? Is he? Italian? He was uh, a centre forward, a young centre forward from yeah. Milan. Yes, but is he Italian? Mm, good question. Not sure. Not sure. I've um. We'll I've, go with Catrone. 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 I've got him. Sorry, as, Jesse. Go on. I've got him as a um, yeah potential success this year in the in the um, in the league. It's, uh, it's a good addition, good uh, signing. Everyone that I've spoken to about this guy has has said, "Oh, he's awesome on FIFA." I always get him on FIFA, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, that, that's obviously uh, bounded in someone having watched him at some point and rating him." So, well, he did only score three league goals in 34 games in Serie A last year. How many yeah. did he start? Couldn't tell you that. Not many is the answer. Cotrono is Italian, <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and yeah, didn't score too many in um, in Serie A last year. Uh, 
critically for Wolves, they've they've also locked in uh, Raul Jimenez um, from Benfica. Made that official for uh, thirty four million or around about that. Um, Jesse uh, and and Den Donker as well. He was also signed on a permanent as well. So uh, two two really solid gains for them and shoring up last last season's squad. Um, and, they, and you know they don't lack identity. Um, their identity is Portuguese, <laughs> and um, it's to be honest, it's it's a it's just a really interesting. I mean, I'm not even surprised now when I see a Portuguese uh, player going to their uh, that club, and also, I mean, it must be driving the uh, Portuguese TV ratings through the roof. <laughs> um, obviously, there's players that are there that um, were there last season, which could still be, you know, really uh, um, big in this campaign. You've got João Martinho, you've got. Um, Hugo Patricio in the uh, goalkeeper role, who I thought had a pretty good season last year. So um, pretty good, yeah. Big, big pretty saves, solid. yeah. So seventh, boys. Do we think uh, that Wolves are going to kick on from here and um, sort of um, maintain that and really look to sort of knock on the door of the top six, or are they going to revert down a little bit lower to something towards uh, maybe maybe more of a mean or or seventh? You know, knocking on the door to top six, their level. I've got them in seventh heaven again. Mm. It's interesting. I mentioned before during the Burnley preview about how much Burnley struggled last season with the early start. Wolves have already played two competitive matches in Europa League. Uh, They qualified through to the next round of qualifiers. I don't know why they have so many rounds of qualifiers. But anyway, uh, they... So they're already, what, two, three weeks ahead of everyone else in the season. That... That won't. That's great for right now for their first uh, first match of the season. But it's terrible when it gets to sort of January, February, when they've had another three weeks uh, on on every other team in the league, um, and they still have such a small, small squad. And I think um, the likes of um, Gibbs White, I think it is, uh, he's going to be really important for them because there's going to be an expectation that players like him are going to be contributing uh, and they're going to have much more responsibility than the last campaign. And they were just so lucky with injuries as well. Like yeah. um, Raul uh, Jimenez, he he's already he took a, uh, a small knock um, in one of the Europa League games and uh, it's only going to take sort of one one or two key players to take uh, to have a, a major injury or to be out for a sort of a couple of months or something like that, and uh, it could really sort of derail uh, their season. Um, Agree with that. I mean, they've they've got Jota and um, Vinagre, who are still in the um, still in the mixer and, um, and threatening it, to kick on as well. Threatening like, to kick we, on. Yeah. We sort of thought that we would see more from them last season and. Um, and they didn't really star in the way we thought. But obviously critical to uh, Wolves' success is uh, Jean Moutinho and Ruben Neves. Yeah, love Neves. Neves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right, so Jesse. You, so you think they're... Uh, who, who's your one to watch uh, for this season, uh, Jesse? Uh, I, I would I'd probably say uh, Jota, actually, because I think we started to see glimpses last season of what he can do. Sort of um, came and into and his and own, really, didn't and, he? And he's mm. broken into the uh, Portugal national team setup. Um, and, and you know, obviously that's going to do him a lot of good as well. So, um, and I'd almost say um, uh, just Nuno in, in the managerial role. I mean, if he can kick on how he took the team as far as he did last year, um, it'd be a really interesting uh, team to watch. I, I always enjoy watching them as a neutral. I see. Uh, well, there you have it. That is uh, is all of the teams from the Premier League previewed uh, in detail. Uh, boys, we will do a really quick whip, whip around uh, of who we think is going to finish uh, in our respective top fours and who's also going to get relegated. Um, who wants to go first? 
I can go first. Go on, Damo. Damo. Top so four. So my top four, I've got City winning the league by a comfortable six, seven, eight points. You don't have to give a margin. I just felt <laughs> like it. Then I've got Liverpool, Spurs, and Arsenal rounding out the top four in the Arsenal fourth spot. Interesting. Colby. Uh, I have City winning the league, I hate to say it, uh, followed by Liverpool, uh, Spurs and Chelsea rounding out my top four. Ooh, Jesse, what about you, mate? I've got uh, Liverpool winning the league, guys. Um, Good lad. <laughs> Manchester City uh, in second, Tottenham in third and Arsenal in fourth. Interesting. Uh, all right, boys, my top four, I think there's a few bold calls here. Uh, I'm picking... Well, one bold call. West Ham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> West Ham to win the league. No. Uh, City to win the league. Spurs second. Liverpool third. And Leicester in fourth. Calm. Oh, tranquil. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy. We've got ourselves a shock jock. <laughs> Yuri Tillemans is not that good. He's good, but he's not oh, that good. I think Harvey Barnes is going to light up the wow. league this season. Wow. Is that your bold call? No. Bold prediction? Not really. We'll get to those. <laughs> Who, right, who's rel- getting relegated? All right. Uh, I'll go first. I think Brighton, uh, Villa and Newcastle are all going down this season. Because I, I reckon at least two of them are going to be dog shit. Yeah. I've got Brighton finishing bottom. And then I've got Palace in 19th and Ooh. Villa in 18th. Wow. Hey. Spicy. Um, I've got Brighton also last um, with Norwich in 19th and Southampton in 18th. Wow, we we all have very different uh, relegation picks. Um, you better not have Sheffield United in the bottom. Three. I have Sheffield. You will not. Wash your mouth out. Twentieth. I have Ooh. Brighton in nineteenth and Norwich in eighteenth. Hey, we are not going to be worse than Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, boys. We've already heard a couple of bold uh, bold predictions, uh, but has anyone got a, a particular bold prediction they want to? Damo's throw got out? one that he's been I've, hanging I've on got to a bold for a prediction. while. Is it? Is so it Sheffield United staying up? So here's here's my bold prediction that uh, Steve Bruce has an absolutely shocking start with Newcastle, who are bottom of the league at Christmas, and the one Jose Mourinho comes to save the day Whoa. and keeps them alive on the final day. Wow! That would, oh, look, I, I write this. I really want uh, Jose Mourinho to go to uh, just a, not a big team. I would love it if he went to Wolves or something like that, just because it'd be fireworks. Imagine Mourinho know? trying to get Mike Ashley to. Empty money out of his purse. Colby, your bold bold prediction? I do have a bold prediction. Uh, Everton are going to reclaim the Everton Cup ahead of in, in Manchester seven? United. Oh. I'm picking Everton to finish in sixth and Manchester United to finish in seventh. Interesting. So they're not only going to reclaim the cup, but they're going to they're beat United. I also have Manchester United in seventh. But I've got West Ham in sixth. Gee. hey all. Wow. Uh, so wow. for those playing along at home, I'm not a big gambler, but I have been convinced to make a couple of side bets that West Ham is going to finish above uh, Man United. Uh, made that with a with a Man United fan. That's there's fifty bucks rolling on that one. And then uh, I've made a side bet with someone else that um, West Ham are going to finish above either Arsenal or Man United this season. Small side, uh, $20 bet. Not a big gambler, but... That's big yeah. from you, Tom. Yeah, I know. That is big for me. Um, my my bold prediction is that Man United are going to struggle to qualify for Europe this season. So that's, what, seventh or below or eighth or below. Um, and also that Leicester are going to make Champions League. Jesse, I think we've still got you to come. Dilly ding, dilly dong. We do. We do. Um, Damo kind of uncovered it a little bit earlier on, but I'm going to say Roy gets sacked. And um, Crystal Palace... Um, 
yeah, I've got them to finish in 16th, so they just escape. Is that going to be easy? going to be the first manager sacking for you? Yeah, I reckon Roy's he's cooked before Christmas. Roy. Damo? Yeah, I've got Hodgson to be the first manager sacked. Um, what about you boys? I think they're going to pull the trigger on Graham Potter pretty early. Yeah, geez, they're going to need to be looking to be making progress sort of by October, November sort of time period, aren't they? It's going to be pretty apparent that, uh, you know, whether that attacking style is going to um, work for them or not. And if it doesn't and things turn bad pretty early, I think they're going to look to get in someone just to give them some solidity. Mm. This could have been my bold prediction, but I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to last the season at Man United. Oh, that's not super, That's not that bold, is it? I think he'll be gone towards the back end of the season when they realise that they can't make top four and they're really struggling to make Europa League spots. I think is when they'll get rid of him. Give it gigs there to the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, boys. I, I think that uh, that pretty much wraps things up, though. There's not really much left to discuss. Um, we will... Uh, Obviously, there is the um, the Community Shield is on later tonight. We're not gonna, really going to go into that now, but uh, we'll be discussing that on next week's pod, if not briefly. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed the pod. Uh, make sure you tune in to uh, More Than A Game on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we have an email now if you want to write into us with any questions or points for us. It's uh, mtagpodcast at gmail.com. That's More Than A Game Podcast at gmail.com um, and yeah we'll be we'll be posting uh, some of the little snippets from uh, the pod on uh, social media throughout the week so make sure you stay tuned and uh, keep engaging with us uh, until then enjoy the football up the place